0: Welcome to the Liberal Europe Podcast, European Liberal Forum Project, I'm your host, Ricardo Silvestre. And today we have a great episode. I am joined by Swabosh Sober, or SABI for short, and he is the head of the International Office at Momentum Movement, the liberal Hungarian party that is part of the opposition coalition that aims to remove Fidesz and Viktor Orban from power in the parliamentary elections of the 3rd of April. We talk about the primary process, the protection of elections, and what comes after the results are known. And after our conversation, I'll be back to tell you about some of the events organized by ELF for this month of March. I'm here with Schwabosh Sober. Sobi, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Good morning, Ricardo. Thank you for having me here. Oh, it's great to have you here and to have a very important conversation about something that affects not only Hungary, but we've been seeing it affects all European Union and even all Europe. Now we're recording this with Ukrainian crisis, and that is the upcoming elections, parliamentary elections in Hungary. But before that, tell us a little bit about yourself and the work done by the International office at Momentum Movement. You guys have been very busy and in a very short period of time. So tell us a little bit for our listeners that don't know that well what Momentum uh, Movement has been doing. The Momentum Movement came together as a
1: a protest project against the Olympics game in Budapest uh, back then in 2017, which was a a successful uh, demonstration and project. Uh, We collected the necessary signatures for having the referendum it uh, And eventually, this uh, made the government back up from uh, uh, from applying uh, for hosting the Olympics game. And uh, since uh, we realized that there is a need uh, for uh, a new generation of uh, of politics that uh, also talks to uh, mm-hmm. young voters and uh, and overcomes the divided left-right structures of the Hungarian politics, we decided to move forward and form. Form a party. Since then, we we came uh, a, a long way, uh, but uh, still, of course, we are uh, new players uh, in in Hungarian politics. We participated on the national election, elections in 2018, which which uh, eventually resulted in another two third of uh, of the Fidesz uh, government. But we decided to, to continue our work. We reorganized ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did. Uh, Network building on the countryside, which is, I believe, a crucial factor in in every party's life. These these efforts uh, seemed fruitful on the 2019 European elections, where we uh, won two seats with uh, Anna Donat and katalin Chap, two of our uh, brilliant politicians in the Mm -hmm. European Parliament, and also on the uh, on that uh, same year 2019 we had. uh, uh, local elections, which was uh, which was a turning point from a that point of view. That uh, mm-hmm. this was the first time that uh, opposition parties were mm-hmm. cooperating strongly on on an uh, election, and uh, especially in in Budapest, it was a it was a huge victory for for all of us. Uh, Momentum uh, gave the deputy mayor Kábor Káper for for Budapest the. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, uh, ever since then, we are, we are progressing in the, within the framework of the United Opposition. So I uh, joined Momentum in 2017, uh, worked both in the international office and on local level as, as a campaign manager in the 13th district in Budapest. And uh, in this position as head of international office, I'm working since last December, so I'm also uh, a new kid on the block. So to say, that's a that's a um, huge honor to to work with um, with the politicians of Momentum and with the partners of Momentum, especially. Beside of the uh, preparation for the elections, um, you know, this is just the the round of getting to know the uh, important people in the uh, in the liberal family um, when working on 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 common projects.
0: Yeah, that is a great point because myself, I spend. Some of that time with the uh, liberal family, as you said, particularly in the European Liberal Farm, where this podcast is hosted. And I've been having very good contacts with uh, colleagues from Momentum and, as you said, also with the two... Wonderful. And I like them very a lot. I already had Katka on the podcast, but Kathleen She and Anna Donath as members of the European Parliament. But as you mentioned, also some uh, good results locally. And let's start with that, uh, Sobi, and le- let's get into the nitty gritty, because this is the reason why we're talking today. You're getting ready for the 3rd of April Hungarian parliamentary elections. There was a primary uh, season, which... I understand that also that was important to raise consciousness, to have Hungarian people pay attention to politics and to see that it's not only Fidesz as the only player in the field. So even before we start the elections that are coming, tell us a little bit of your analysis of the primaries
1: the Prime Minister, first of all was uh, was a was a huge uh, success from the united opposition because uh, because of the of the following reasons first was an election system that has been built up without uh, any um, uh, state infrastructure so everything has to be organized and worked out by the united oppositions and civic movements who were involved this means that uh, you know, parties have to agree on, on, on the internal rules and internal processes in order to make sure that uh, the primaries are, are safe, following uh, democratic principles and uh, allows uh, a nationwide uh, participation for the waters. From, from the other point of view, I think the huge benefit that it provided to uh, Hungarian society is the open uh, mm-hmm. debate. Between, uh, between the candidates across the country. Uh, they have been organized, I believe, in the, in the, in the majority of, uh, of electoral district. They have been live streamed on, on Facebook or, 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 or on YouTube. So by this, we could reach a, a much broader audience that uh, is normally involved in politics. And this is, this is the, the huge thing because uh, since Viktor Orban gained power in 2010, uh, we don't have open debates, we don't have prime minister candidates debate on the national television. We observed during the primaries that there is indeed a strong need from the society as well to, to get to know the politicians they elect, uh, get to get to know what are the exact program of the parties.
0: One thing that is interesting, what you just mentioned a minute ago, and I remember being in Łódź at the Freedom Games from our colleagues at Liberty Foundation in Poland, and there was a debate about exactly what was needed to have Hungarian people pay attention to politics. And it was explained to me, uh, very carefully so, that it's not easy because there's just one voice, and that is, for example, state media and state television. And when we think about a rural areas that is the only thing that people know so as you were saying there's that lack of debate but on the other hand and please help us understand how this thing just processes and that is people know this people know that there's a lack of political debate but still intentions of voting for Fidesz are, still remain high so what is this disconnect can you give us an analysis on the field Sure.
1: So from the media point of view, this is, and this is uh, extremely important that uh, those boards who oversee the working of media uh, is, is really government friendly. So in case, uh, for example, ha- harming uh, you know, any, any rules on, on broadcasting mm-hmm. news, um, opposition parties or, uh, or civic movements or citizens wants to uh, claim their, their problems, they barely get any uh, positive feedback on that. This, compared with the, the investment and, and the restructuring of Hungarian media market, uh, creates uh, an extreme mm-hmm. uh, advantage for, for uh, the rhetorics of government. It creates an extreme advantage uh, for the uh, government-friendly uh, narratives, which is uh, supported not by uh, government uh, politicians, but also so-called as well civic and independent uh, uh, media uh, platforms. But we know that through uh, different foundations, they receive uh, overwhelming support on on their working and uh, most importantly, their spending on Facebook. So what it looks like my my Facebook feed, based on the algorithms, I should see, you know, all the uh, opposition. Uh, contents uh, from friends and uh, from from uh, uh, content providers, but instead, even on my feed, I always see those three, four channels that uh, providing anti-opposition messages or providing pro-government messages.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's completely rigged game. The, the 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 one with digital platforms with facebook for example that's a great point. yeah yeah
1: and and by that they they can they can reach a, a lot of people on the online platform but we also need to mention uh the the working mechanism in the in the in the, in the broadcast in the national broadcast and this is this is a, a quite a new example from from yesterday uh due to the elections uh all the uh, opposition parties have five minutes to talk on the national television. For for uh, Peter Markeyzai, this meant that he was on the on the first time invited to to the to, to the national television in uh, in the last four years. You know he's uh, working as a as a mayor in uh, Hey. Any questions relating to that was not touched, and he was not invited in the last four years. And what is interesting is that before uh, these five minutes. Uh, opportunity uh, national media played uh, Victor Orbán's uh, speech from uh, 15th of March for 30 minutes and after that it has been repeated like two times during the day so even you see that even if we have got our small opportunities the overall picture in the in the national television is extremely extremely unbalanced
0: and that Brings us to the next question, and that is, this is a very rhetorical question, of course, and that is, what is at stake the day of the election? And, of course, as Europeans, as we look at Hungary, and we look at not only internally what Fidesz is doing, but also Orbán in the European Union, it, it is hard for us to understand, but the same thing happens in Poland, and that is, how can Fidesz be leading the polls and not losing by 20 points but the truth is this is going to be a very contested election so soby tell us of course this is going to be one of those uh, answers that you're going to tell me that it's going to be like It's quite obvious what what's at stake but still i have to ask you what is at stake on the 3rd of april
1: the the current circumstances we are after the covid pandemic. Within a, a war next to our uh, next to our countries next to our country in Ukraine, uh, this gives an extremely important. I know that at all the elections we say that this is a crucial election, but 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 now we are facing uh, a situation that I think for 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 long generations Europe haven't seen That uh, obviously uh, raises and and mm. extends the. Uh, dimension of this election into into, into European level. Uh, we've seen how Orbán uh, is using this situation. Le- less, least committed uh, uh, European uh, leader uh, against the sanctions. Furthermore, uh, he he never mentions the name of Putin since the war broke out. And you know these these fine details uh, uh, tells exactly that uh, how close ties uh, he's still got. To Putin, and and that's that is one point clearly that uh, this election is about whether being in the EU as a community member, as a full member, standing together on uh, such important issues than as as the freedom of the of the country. Also internally, I, I think for many voters, for the uh, united opposition, uh, also momentum voters, the question is. Whether we can now really turn the path Hungary is on right now, uh, we see that this is going to to uh, an ever an, a never ending battle against Brussels, and on on contrary to that, we have the firm belief that Hungary's role is within the EU. Uh, this is the historic opportunity uh, many generations of Hungarians wanted, and we need to. Uh, use it in cooperation with other uh, European members and not fighting against them.
0: That is a great point, uh, Sobi, and and we're waiting for that <laughs> with the Europe, <laughs> European families. Like, let's have Hungarian as a, a rational, at least at the top, a rational actor, and not seeing what Orban has been doing over and over. But it's, it's not only Russia that is uh, also China. And I wanted you to go a little bit into that because there, there's the Russian connection, yes, and that is pretty known. But also there's, there's a little bit of a, a China connection where China has been investing in Hungary, it's, it's buying universities. So can, can that also be a, a tool or, for example, like some countries in Europe and Portugal is one of them, we depend on a lot of money coming from outside sources. So tell us a little bit what's the situation on that.
1: Yes the, the, this is a good question because we we believe that uh, uh Hungary and the, and the European Union itself is uh should be uh, a key role player on 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 the world economy this creates uh not just job opportunities but i think that this is this is the engine also of for, for technical development uh which is i think it's extremely important if we want to uh, tackle uh, uh the effects of climate change that has uh, a technological dimension, and also how, how fast we can spread mm-hmm. this di- dimension. Europe uh, alone cannot solve this problem. But uh, coming back to, uh, to China and, and those investments, we do observe mm-hmm. here the same pattern. There are many points that uh, has been made uh, without consulting. Uh, locals without uh, having an open debate about that, it's just like a pure uh, government uh, decision that involves government-friendly stakeholders from the Hungarian ac- economy. Uh, I think that the the, the questions that uh, Momentum asks in such cases are fair and and valid. You mentioned uh, the case of of the Tudan University. Uh, which uh, which uh, aims to build a campus uh, in Budapest on the ground that, that has been agreed with between the government and Budapest to remain as uh, they're supposed to be uh, a student dormitory for Hungarian mm-hmm. students. So now that plan uh, has been has been overwritten uh, by the government um, and uh, Fudan uh, builds uh, his campus. Which is, which is re- ex- extremely uh, uh, strange because uh, this is built by uh, a loan provided by the state. So basically, uh, and put it this, this way, the Hungarian taxpayers are building now the campus for the Fudan University. The main main problem that this is these deals are not transparent. If there are uh, other other interests, local interests or students' interests, they are not well represented in these decisions, and also this, this is hardly uh, beneficial in this form uh, for, for the Hungarian society.
0: There's there's There have been some conversations, and we know this, how Fidesz in power already rigged the game for election purposes. So we're not talking about media, we're not talking about political debate, we're not talking about society, we're talking about elections per se. And my question to you, and this could be, you know, um, an ignorant question, and I apologize for that, but I'm worried about it. And please help me, Sobi, relax here a little bit. Do you anticipate that could be any problem on the election process itself? Or do you think that, no, if Orban loses, he loses and he goes, and Fidesz is ready to be an opposition party? Or can we see some... Disruption coming from the elections.
1: Unfortunately, I, I have to answer with with a, with a strong yes, and not just. Oh. <laughs> I asked you for good news. <laughs> um, I, I have I have good news as well, but but the thing is that not just not just we uh, see this, but OSCE, OSCE, OSCE has decided to send a full scale observation mission uh, for the Hungarian elections which, uh, which mm-hmm. so far for the EU country uh, has, been, has happened only one case, uh, uh, in case of Bulgaria, before. So you know, this puts things into, into perspective. This is not a new uh, development in Hungarian politics. We were observing uh, in 2018 same things when voting servers have been reported not to be available for a certain time and nobody really knows and uh, I think many doesn't trust in the fairness of that uh, elections either. This has been uh, taken seriously by uh, uh, civic movements and opposition parties in Hungary. Uh, They have been organizing themselves for more than a year now to send um, um, observers in every district, which is is mainly a logistical problem because uh, in bigger cities, uh, you find more easily uh, those people Mm -hmm. who can spend their entire day uh, observing the fairness of the elections. But the case is extremely uh, heavy uh, on, on the countryside, on small villages, when uh, the ma- majority of the people are not necessarily involved uh, in politics that deep that they apply, uh, want to report this position. So uh, the goal was here to, uh, to find uh, 20,000 uh, people. On the previous elections, it has been reported that uh, in many uh, electoral districts, there were no opposition uh, uh, observers, and that uh, allows uh, Fidesz to do shady uh, jobs. So this this project has been reported uh, uh, successfully. So the the 20,000 uh, observers have been found, and uh, now this is a question of logistics that we need to make sure that they are uh, prepared and and ready to uh, guard the fairness of the elections of the third, on the 3rd of April
0: good but w- will there be legal procedures if necessary so d- is there is there a system that is in place where you can say or all right we saw problems here and here and here and we want the the you know the courts to step in mm-hmm. does that does that work that way uh,
1: yes the, the 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 structures uh are are there Opposition parties can send their representative in the national uh, bo- national board of uh, elections, and uh, the question is how the internal dynamics are working. Mm-hmm. Um, I truly believe that there are important questions uh, that uh, that is, when a decision is made uh, in favor of the government, that's that's a still uh, a point we we need to we need to flag. But also since we are we are there with our representatives we can also raise our voice and uh, involve a public opinion on such cases unfortunately this is these limited uh, resources are uh, in the hand of the opposition at the moment but i truly believe that uh, if the uh, osce OSC, uh, reports something or if other uh, uh, european countries raising uh, uh, these issues relating to the unfairness of the of the election system, then you know this this can limit uh, Viktor Orbán's uh, space uh, in in uh, um, misusing the, the the election system. But there there shouldn't be uh, no illusions that at the moment uh, in this form the Hungarian election system is extremely uh, rigid. Problematic issues are on uh, discrimination. Uh, and how Hungarian citizens living abroad can vote, because they they need to travel to to embassies. While those who uh, who have uh, uh, registration still in Hungary but living outside uh, the borders of Hungary, they can vote uh, via post. know that's and that this is an <laughs> this is an imp- important barrier that uh, that affects uh, uh, many many voters who. Uh, who who might support also uh, opposition parties and and this is this has been measured that uh, the majority of these these voters uh, are in favor of uh, changing uh, Viktor Orbán's regime.
0: Very good. All right. As we're getting to the end of our conversation, but I'm going to ask you to come back after the election so that we can go over the the postmortem and hope that there is no problems that you just that we were just talking about and the election is fair and. And, and the result is a positive one. But let's go exactly to that. And that is, let's imagine that the result is a positive one, and we are hoping for that. How then do you think it will be post-Orban Hungary, particularly when you have such a broad coalition of different political parties working together? This concern, I think, people watching from the outside are dying to see, of course. Let's get rid of Orban first, but then, how this you know broad spectrum of, of politicians and of mm-hmm. ideologies, how will this will survive? What is your what is your intuition on that?
1: On, on that point, to be honest, I'm, I'm quite uh, optimistic. Uh, on the on the one reason is that last week the opposition parties have uh, uh, published published their their program, which all of the parties. Uh, have uh, agreed on. And this uh, creates uh, the framework of, uh, of policy measurements uh, that, uh, that will keep uh, the involved uh, parties together. And also, and I think that's, that's a, a most important uh, factor here the united opposition uh, came together because of the voters' needs the strong needs has been expressed that uh, they want us to cooperate in order to change the Fidesz regime. And therefore, even if there, there are uh, certain points uh, we don't agree on, this creates a limit for uh, the discussion and, and I think at the moment all of the parties are 100% uh, committed towards working together. And uh, bringing the 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 mission of united opposition to to success. What is uh, furthermore uh, important is that we don't know what to expect. To be honest, there have been many deals made behind closed doors. Uh, those documents uh, are under state. Uh, secret. and uh, therefore, there, there, you know, uh, there can be also points and situations where we, where we need to reassess uh, our strategy. But I'm, I'm very uh, confident on the, on the competent politicians and uh, and the policymakers of the United Opposition that they will provide uh, a feasible answer for these challenges.
0: So, if democracy uh, goes through and and people elect Fidesz. There's always work to be done for the future of Hungary, and I know that Hungary is in good hands with a party-like momentum uh, movement and with the people in front of that uh, particular project. And let's finish with that, Sobi. and I'm going to thank you so much for coming to the podcast and talking to me. Uh, Tell our listeners where they can follow not only the work done by Momentum, but also the work done by you guys at the International Officer and to overall to get to get ready for the elections. Thank you, Ricardo, again, uh, for, for having me.
1: I think for the international audience, the best is to to follow Anna Donat and Katka's chat, uh, Twitter account, because they provide the uh, content on, on English language. And furthermore, I, I would like to offer uh, our uh, monthly newsletters about uh, uh, the most important issues in Hungary. Uh, if anyone is interested in that, just uh, send me an email for international at momentum.hu, and uh, I can include everyone into, into this distri- distribution list.
0: I'm going to put the links on the uh, podcast show notes. I do follow Anna and Katka on Twitter, and as Sobi just said, there are great sources of information about what's going on in Hungary. I've been talking with Schwabosh Sober, uh, the fight is on and I uh, hope you guys come out victorious in the end. Thank you so much for talking to me, Sabi. Thank you very much. See you on the other side. I'm back. Just reminded reminder that you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. And if you feel like it, give us a five-star review. In that way, you can help us spread even more liberal values and ideas. Enough now for some of the events organized by ELF for this month of March, from the 25th to the 27th of March in Lisbon, Portugal, we have the European Trainers Academy, this time with the title, Moderation and Facilitation Masterclasses. This is a D66 International, ELF Secretariat, International Education Center, Social Liberal Movement, and VVD International Organization. And we also have the date for the flagship event of ELF, called ELF Idea Accelerator. This year will happen on the 20th of April, and the title is Media Freedom in the Age of Tech Disruption. To know more about this event, you just have to go to liberalforum.eu events. And this is all for now. I'll be back soon with more podcasts. Until then, let's keep making the world a better place. This podcast is produced by the European Liberal Forum, co-founded by the European Parliament and has the support of the social liberal movement in Portugal and Liberty Foundation in Poland. The views expressed herein are those of the speakers alone and these views do not necessarily reflect those of the European Parliament and or the European Liberal Forum.